before I, I start this morning, I got to address something. First of all, whoever brought this stand up here, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think I'm going to preach more to this side this morning because that's where the fan is. But if y'all were in here last week, you know it was um, it was it was warm. It was quite people were melting into the floor and that kind of stuff. And and we all heard about it about how hot it was and and everybody had a comment. You know it's hot. It's hot. I mean, it was just terrible hot out there today, Brother Nick. It was just hot. Glad Kevin wasn't preaching. It was so hot. But then, Wednesday night, we had a prayer service and a, and a business meeting Wednesday night. And do you know what I heard all night long? It's cold in here. It's cold in here. Y'all can't be pleased. I don't care. So I'm taking no, I'm registering no more complaints about how hot or how cold it is. I've decided y'all can't be pleased. It don't matter. It don't make no difference. So don't come to me about how hot or how cold it is, because at this point I don't care. Just saying. And for whoever said, thank goodness Kevin wasn't preaching, I won't tell him who you was. Right. <laughs> they probably said it to you. First Peter, First Peter chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 13 this week. We're going to kind of carry along with the same lines um, that we were, kind of the same thought process we had last week, but not exactly, um, just kind of a continuation, I guess you would say, heading in the, in the same direction. And that is in First Peter chapter 1, and we'll start reading in verse 13. And go somewhere into the second verse of chapter 2. We may not read it all to start with. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on Him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through Him are believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and abiding Word of God. Go to chapter 2. So, 
Put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Let's pray. Father and our God, again, we humble ourselves before You to say thank You for another day of life, to say thank You for another opportunity to be gathered, Father, to study Your Word. I pray, Father, that Your message come out this morning, that my opinions and my words be bound up, and everything that is said be glorifying to Your name. Father, we just ask for Your continued guidance and Your continued direction as we we try to uh, work our way through these um, difficult times or different times. Father, I just pray that You continue to give us the wisdom we need to make decisions and choices that honor You. Father, we thank You. We love You. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, last week we we talked about uh, keeping our hope and our faith in the right place and not allowing our surroundings to determine where our hope is. Because one of the major problems we see in society today is a bad case of hopelessness. Because all the things that people are depending on are letting them down. And when the things you depend on don't produce what you thought it would produce, whether it's a job or it's money or it's a home, or it's a car, or whatever it is, a person, a relationship, whatever it is, when it stops producing what you desire for it to produce, then you become hopeless. And people who are hopeless make bad decisions. We're not good at decision making to start with, but you add in an element of hopelessness, and we really don't do well with making decisions. So therefore, our hope has to be in something that is solid. Our hope has to be in the only thing that can truly produce a hope that you can depend on, and that is Christ. And that was our mindset last week, and and that's going to carry over just a little bit into this week. But the first thing I want to point out to you in verse 13 is it starts off with, therefore, which is a connecting word, right? And it connects us to whatever was in front of it. So So to keep things in context... You have to back up and read about um, some of the things that are in front of where we started because where we started starts with therefore. Well, the majority of what that's talking about is what we talked about last week. It's it's the Scriptures we read last week. So we're going to start at the therefore in 13. In order for you to have salvation, in order for you to obtain salvation, in order for you to hang on to your hope, In order for you not to become hopeless, prepare your minds for action. Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Preparing your minds for action. Y'all have heard me say it a thousand times if you've been here very long. You can say what you believe all you want to, but everybody around you knows what you believe based on your actions. You've got to act it. Prepare your mind for action. In other words, get ready to move. Get ready to do something different. 
If our hope's going to be in something besides what it's always been in, we got to change something, right? Because continue to do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result is one definition of insanity. So if you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, you might be crazy. And I don't, listen, we all a little bit crazy, right? This ain't a competition. We all got some crazy in us. But if you're continuing to do the same things over and over and over again, expecting something different to happen, you may be crazy. Prepare your minds for action. Let's do something and do something different. Keep going. Being sober-minded, remember we talked about if you, we don't make good decisions anyway, if we do anything to alter our mind, that, that's going to get worse. Set your hope fully, all your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Your hope has to fully be in Christ and that Christ is who He says He is and He's going to do what He says He's going to do. Your hope is in things to come. Not things now necessarily. We do get first fruits. We do get little glimpses here and there. But our hope can't be in the things of this world. Keep going. We're, we're going somewhere, I promise. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But... Look at this. As He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Don't be ignorant. And ignorant doesn't mean stupid or dumb. Ignorance is a lack of knowledge. There was a time in life where I didn't know any better. I was ignorant. There are subjects today that you and I can discuss and I can tell you I'm ignorant on that subject because I don't have the knowledge that is required to have the discussion you're wanting to have. Ignorance. Don't fall back into your former ignorance. Right? Be holy in all your conduct. Not say the right things. Not wear the right clothes. Right? In all your conduct. The way you handle things. The way you carry yourself. People should look at it and go, wow, there's something different about that person. Even in times like we're in now, we should stand out. We should be different. We shouldn't see the same things in us that we see in the rest of the world who doesn't know about this guaranteed victory that we have. Right? There should be a difference in the way we handle ourselves, the way we treat other people, the way we reach out to other people. Our conduct should be holy. It should be. Our conduct should be holy. I promise you, 
I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. There's plenty of places along the way that we could stop and have about a 30 or 45 minute sermon or discussion. But we ain't going to because we're going somewhere else. So I need you to stick with me as we brush over this stuff, okay? We ain't brushing over it because it ain't important. We're just going to a different place this morning. Bear with me, I promise. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on Him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Boy, there's some in that. First of all, throughout the time of your exile. Do you realize this world is not my home? Do you realize that where we are today is not permanent? As a matter of fact, as followers of Christ, as children of the maker of this world, we are in exile right now in this life. Why? Because we are separated. We are in a strange place. This ain't where we belong. This is temporary. We're just passing through. We're in exile. You and I are in exile. If we are Christians, we're headed to a greater destination. I told you last week about the guy on the radio that made the comment that I about jumped out the cab of the truck. If you're living your best life now, you must be planning on going to hell. And that's true. Because what is to come is far and above greater than anything you and I can imagine in this world. We can't, we can't wrap our minds around how glory... Listen, the greatest thing in heaven is the presence of Jesus all the time. Think about that. So what in this world can compare to that? Zero in this world can compare. We're in exile. This ain't what we long for. Don't get caught up in this junk. It's all fading away. Every bit of it. Don't put your hope and your faith in the things and the people of this world. It'll let you down. You'll be broken hearted, I promise. Listen. If you call on Him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves. Now remember, this is the second time we've gotten a reference to how we should be acting. We ain't read but about three or three or three verses, three or four verses, and we've gotten two references about how we should act. Look, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Now this is a fear of God, not a fear of this world. This is what my dad used to call a healthy dose of fear. I feared my dad. I feared his right hand. Not near as much as I should have. This isn't a fear where you run around cowering and scared This is a fear that causes you to act a certain way because you know what happens when you don't. Keep going. 
Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Your exile is in this world. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. You were ransomed from your feudal ways. I looked up a couple of words for you to save you the trouble. We know what ransomed is, right? You know, that's when somebody's got a hope to something you want, you pay something to get it back, right? You've been ransomed from your feudal ways, feudal ways, serving no useful purpose. That's what feudal means. Serving no useful purpose, completely ineffective. So you've been removed from that. You've been ransomed from that. How did you get into that? You were born into that. Each one of us was. It's called sin. It starts way back in Genesis with Adam and Eve and a decision to eat from a tree they weren't supposed to. Everybody born after Adam was born into sin. Ain't nothing you can do about it. We inherited it from our forefathers. Every one of us. You didn't do anything to earn it. You didn't do anything to ask for it. It's just the way it is because this world is cursed. So Jesus has come and shed blood to ransom you from your futile ways. Y'all got that, right? Keep going. We're going somewhere, I promise. Look at here. But it was you wasn't ransomed with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through Him are believers in God who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. There it is again. Making sure that our faith and our hope is in God and God alone. Nothing in this world can supply what you need. It will let you down. Over and over and over and over again, this world will let you down. But God continues throughout the history of time to be a rock-solid anchor that has never given one inch. He's never moved one little bit. He's not changed on you. He didn't ask you to do something and then change His mind and ask you to do something different. It's been the same over and over and over and over. You can trust Him. You can put your faith and your hope in Him. And you have to and you must. It's over and over, day after day. No matter the scenario, no matter what's going on, no matter the environment you find yourself in, the hope and the faith that you have in God will carry you throughout whatever it is that you're facing. He's not going to let you down. It's important as Christians that we learn this. Remember, my fear is that the things that I see the world suffering from will creep into the church. The last thing we need in our churches is hopelessness. 
Because when the church has no hope, the world certainly ain't got no hope. Because at this point, the only hope that the world has is that the church reaches them with the good news of the gospel. And if, we, if we're sitting in here hopeless and we, we, don't, we feel like there's nothing we can do, they sure ain't got a chance. Your faith and your hope must fully be in God and God alone. Right? It has to be that way. You've got to understand this. You've got to get this. Keep going with me. We're going somewhere, I promise. Listen to me. Because last week I told you all of that. I just kind of reviewed it this morning in a different place. But I kind of left you there. Telling you that your hope must be in God. But listen, we are all broken. Right? We are all a part of a curse. Right? In other words, my default settings are sinfulness. My default settings are hopelessness. So I, there's got to be something that keeps me in a place where my faith and my hope are in God and God alone. There has to be something. Well, I'm here to tell you there is something. And that's what I want to tell you this morning is how do I keep my faith and my hope in God and God alone? How do I keep the world from creeping into me? How do I keep all the negativity barred out? How am I going to do that? Because the honest part of this is, what I really love is what they have. That's because I'm a human being. That's because I'm still wrapped in flesh. That's because I'm still selfish. And I ain't no different than nobody that's out there. I'm just a couple of bad decisions from being exactly where I came from. And let me assure you, I don't want no part of that. So there's got to be something that keeps me where I want to be, where I desire to be. And you know, the harder I struggle to be where I desire to be, it seems like the harder it gets to stay there. You know, Paul said that, right? The more I desire to do what, what, what self don't want to do, the more I do what self wants to do. In other words, the harder I try to follow the Spirit, it seems like the more the flesh wins. It's a struggle going on inside of every one of us, I promise you. So what is our key to keeping our faith and our hope in God and God alone? So that we as a church don't have to suffer. We as children of God, as individuals, don't have to suffer through hopelessness while we're in exile in this world. Keep going. Verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. I think I found a hint. I think I found something that might answer my question, how do I keep my faith and hope in God and God alone? See, my, my soul has been purified by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. So if my obedience to the truth is a part of what got me here, 
would it be a viable option for what will keep me here? And I would say yes. So, now we got to find what it takes to be obedient to the truth. So that means we got to define obedience, which I think most of you are pretty well aware of. And next we got to find a source of truth. Because I'm going to tell you something, in these last few months, if I ain't learned nothing else, this world don't know what truth is or how to divide it to anybody. You can turn on whatever you want to turn on, whatever your source is, look at it, read it, watch it, listen to it. And I'm telling you, if you watch it more than once in a day, you got more than one story. It's like it's fleet. It's like the information that we need to get through the time we're in is just two steps ahead of us all the time. And ain't nobody willing to hand us that. That ain't by coincidence, but I ain't going there this morning. But I'm just telling you the truth is hard to find. That's because we look for it in all the wrong places. Obedience to the truth. So now i got to find me a source for the truth and then i got to be obedient to that truth. Keep going. We're getting there. Well, we're getting awful close to starting today's message. Hey, it works when Kevin says it. I just thought I'd try it. Listen, in verse, uh, the end of that verse 22, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, listen to this, through the living and abiding Word of God. Does anybody want to take a random guess at where I think we can find the information that helps us to keep our hope and our faith in God and God alone? In the truth, right? And in the living and abiding Word of God. Listen, I'm starting to realize something. We as Christians don't understand the importance of the Bible. We don't. We take it way too lightly. Listen to me. We don't take it near serious enough. As Christians, this is where all of our instruction comes from. This is how God speaks to us. As individuals, off by ourselves, if you were in a cave and had nothing but you and your Bible, God can speak to you. You don't have to have me or Kevin or G or, or Sean or anybody else break it down for you. God can speak to you through His Word. And listen, it's obedience to this truth that keeps us from becoming hopeless. It's very, very important that you and I as Christians are very, very familiar with the Word of God. It's our source of truth. It's the only place we can get the truth every time we turn to it. You can turn on channel 2 and you might get a little truth, but you turn it on again 30 minutes later and it won't be no truth. Same thing with 5 and 17, all of them. The Clinton News Network, MSBN, the NBC, BS, NBC, whatever. But every time you open this, every time you look in it, every time you listen to it, every time you read it, every time you take it in, it's the truth. Constantly and consistently and over and over and over and over. Listen, 
I've been on the, the kick of iron sharpens iron, according to Scripture. And over the last few months, we've gotten dull because of our lack of contact with iron. But it don't have to be that way. We have what we need to hear from God. We have what we need to be able to keep our hope and our faith in God and God alone. But we're lazy. And we don't see the importance of it. I'm going to show you how important it is here in just a couple of minutes. The Bible tells us by itself, without my opinion or anybody else's opinion, the Word itself is going to tell us exactly how important it is for you and I as Christians to grab hold of the Word of God. Kevin has done an awesome thing. I don't know why we ain't thought of this earlier, or maybe he thought of it and didn't do it. I ain't got enough sense to think of it, I imagine. But that homework he's been sending out, it's pretty distracting to me. It's hard for me to put messages together these days. Because my study time, I end up getting that message and chasing off on it and going, wait a minute, i got to get out of this. i got a message to preach. Hey, it's a great thing. But listen, the fact that it was delivered to your phone does you no good whatsoever if you don't get it open and look at it and read it and check it out. And listen, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you're new around here and you ain't on our one call system, you need to let Miss Tara know. She's in that corner somewhere. You need to let Miss Tara know this morning and get, get you hooked up on it because the homework that Kevin's been giving us has been amazing for me. Because I ain't going to lie to you, during this time off, I've been lazy with the Word. My study life, I'd gotten lazy. But because I get that as a reminder two, three times a week, And, and it's got the questions with it and the whole nine yards, the scriptures to read. And listen, if you'll take, listen, the goal ain't to just get it done. That's not the goal of you getting that. The goal of it is for you to gain as much knowledge about God as you possibly can from whatever is sent. It's better than any video we've done. Now, now Vance did some good videos, but this homework's better than that. Eddie did some good videos, but this, 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 this homework is better than that. Listen to me. As Christians, we need the Word of God. It is our lifeline. Without it, we will perish. We don't take it serious enough. We don't. It's our source of truth. It's our source for, of hearing from God. It, listen, it's our direction. It's our instruction. Yet we hardly look at it. For a whole lot of people, it'll be laying this evening right where you lay it when you get home and you'll pick it up next Sunday morning on your way. You'll scoop it up on your way back to church. That's not acceptable for Christians. Listen, we're going to find ourselves in a great big heap of helplessness and hopelessness if we're not careful. And the way we're going to avoid it is to actively, as Christians, be taking in the Word of God. That means you're going to have to put forth some effort. That means we may not can deliver it to you on a video. That means you, as a Christian, is going to have to take some self-responsibility to spend some time in the Word of God. 
And you ain't going to get no pat on the back for it. Some people, most people ain't even going to know if you did it or not. You're doing it for your spiritual benefit. If you want to spiritually stay alive, you have to eat. You have to. You have to. And you've got to put your foot down. And you've got to make a decision. I'm going to do this. Because as great an effort as Kevin puts in, as much time as I put in, we can't do enough. We get you for an hour on Sunday morning if you decide to come. A few minutes on Wednesday night if you decide to be here. You can't get, even if you're here at both for the full duration of the time, you can't get enough to go out and face this world. It's constantly pulling and tugging and tearing you down. Constantly. Listen, in order to feed the flesh, just turn the TV on. You don't even have to sit in your chair and watch it. Just leave it on and let it play. Just listen to the commercial. Put it on Andy Griffith. That's as wholesome as it gets. But if you hear it through the commercials, flesh got fed. He's not a picky eater. But your spirit has to be intentionally fed. And there ain't no greater source, and I can show you that. We're fixing to read it right now. There ain't no greater source of food for your spirit than the Word of God. Go down to chapter 2. Well, no, I better not skip verse 24. Verse 24. All flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. You know, Sarah has taken on this this business. Her and Chris have taken on this this deal of growing these flowers. I don't know if y'all got Facebook and y'all have seen that or not, but they, they grow some of the most beautiful flowers and they make arrangements out of them and deliver them to folks. And they, and they, they are absolutely gorgeous. But let as much time and effort as they put in, as much as they pour into the soil, as much water as they give it, it's only for a time. Oh, they're beautiful. Right now they've got sunflowers. Man, they're big, beautiful. But you know what? If you get you some of them sunflowers and you take them to the house and you keep them watered and you do all you can do with them, they're only beautiful for a time. It's going to wither. You see what we just read? It's going to wither. The flower's going to fall. It's not going to last forever. But, look at here. Remember the comparison was all flesh is like grass. All flesh is like grass. It's going to wither. It's not going to last forever. But, verse 25, look at this. But, the Word of the Lord remains forever. Oh my goodness, come on. Chapter 2. So, knowing that, knowing that all flesh is like grass 
It's going to wither. The flower is going to fall off. But the Word of the Lord remains forever. Knowing that, put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Listen to me. Right here is where we've been trying to get to all morning. I could have started here, but what would the fun have been in that? Right? Right. Verse 2. Like newborn infants. Listen to me. This is what Scripture says directly from the Word of God. Like newborn infants long for the spiritual milk. Long for it. Desire it. How? Why does a newborn infant desire milk? It can't live without it. Right? It can't grow without it. Right? It ain't going to be here long if it don't get it. Listen to me. This comparison ain't by happenstance. You and I, as Christians, are like infants. If we don't get the spiritual milk of God's Word, we will not live very long. We certainly ain't going to grow. That's why there's so many Christians that are sitting in the exact same spot spiritually as the were, they were the day they got saved. The day they made their profession. The day they came into the faith. Ten years, twenty years, thirty years, fifty years goes by and you look up and you're in the same exact spot. That's unacceptable. You will not grow without the milk, the spiritual milk. Look at this. You will not grow. Keep going with me. Long for the pure spiritual milk. Listen to me. Long for it. You ought to have a desire. Did anybody have to tell that baby they were hungry? Does anybody bring an infant out of the womb and the doctor hold it up and go, you better get hungry or you won't last long. It's automatic to them. And they long for it to the point they'll scream and holler and cry until they get it. When was the last time you screamed and hollered because you lacked God's Word? When was the last time you pitched a hissy fit because the message was too short and you didn't get enough milk? When was the last time you cried and complained because we were, we were moving too fast and wouldn't slow down for you to get it. I'm answering for you. You know that, right? Long for the spiritual milk. Listen to me. Long for it. Look at this. Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. That by it you may grow up into... You ever bought... I remember when we was kids growing up, um, it was for most of my life until I was 10 years old, it was just me and my brother. My sister didn't exist. And every year we'd get ready to go back to school and we'd go down to a place... Boaz, Alabama, and they had these outlet malls, and they had a Levi outlet, and they y'all laughing because y'all been there too. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. 
And you'd go down there and buy school clothes and you was threatened with your life if they came in and thought that you had touched them school clothes before school started. Because they knew what was going to happen. The first time I put them white pants on, they was not going to be white no more. Right? And every once in a while, they would get ahead of themselves and buy something for down the road. Right? These, these here is to start the school year in, but we know because we know our kids that either them ain't going to last or they're going to grow out of them by the end of school. And we can't just up and go to Boaz, Alabama in the middle of the week to get you more clothes. So they bought some you could grow into. In other words, when you got them, they was too big. You put them on, Eddie, and it wasn't a belt that hold them things up, right? They'd be a little sloppy on you. But what would mama say? You'll grow into them. It didn't fit just right right now. It was a little bit long, and it, and it hung down too far, but it, you'll grow into it. According to Scripture, if you'll take in enough of the spiritual milk, you can grow into your salvation. In other words, I don't know about you, but this truly is the case for me. When I put on my salvation, it felt a little bulky. Felt a little heavy. Felt a little too big for me because I knew where I had come from. And although I was thankful for it, and although I was glad I had found it, it just didn't fit right. But over time, and spending time in God's Word and learning what God expects from me and learning what it looks like to walk a life with Christ and to walk a spiritual path, I think I've grown into it. I ain't telling you it's a perfect fit today. I still got some growing to do. Some days it feels a little sloppier than others. But I promise you, if you'll take in enough of what causes you to grow spiritually, if you'll be serious about it and long for it and desire it the way that God wants you to desire it, then you can start making progress every day. I can tell you from experience over the last few months, the time it takes you to grow spiritually is way longer than the time it takes you to fall off spiritually. Growth takes, takes time. But when you stop, when you put it down, when you quit, you'll go backwards pretty quick. You know why? Because the rest of this stuff comes natural to you. It comes natural to me. These are my default settings. I want to not listen to you. I want to bust you in the mouth when you say something stupid. That's, that's natural to me. But to be spiritual and to be Christ-like is the opposite of that. You remember? Turn the other cheek. You remember? To, 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 to be slow to anger. Right? That's opposite of who we are naturally. And it's going to require you to put forth some effort in the Word of God in order to get to and maintain a place spiritually where you can be proud of where you are. Kevin pointed it out the other night. You do realize Paul stood in front of people and said, do what I do. 
How many of us as Christians can stand up here in front of this congregation of people and honestly look out and go, just do what I've done? But you can be there. You should be there. I should be there. I should stand up here and be able to confidently say, listen, I'm not your measuring stick. Christ is. But if you'll come follow me, I'll get you closer than you are now. And as Christians, every one of us ought to be confident and comfortable saying that. But first, you're going to have to grow. First, you're going to have to take in some of that good, what did he call it? Pure spiritual milk. And look, here's what will give you the desire for it. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Verse 3 is my last. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. You know what happens when you get a hold of something that they, uh, with the uh, technology the way it is today. You can see videos. You don't just have to look at videos of your own kids. You can see videos of people's kids. You don't even know who they is. There's this one video floating around of this kid that gets their first taste off of an ice cream cone. Y'all seen that? I'm talking about, son, they stick that ice cream cone up out of that kid and that kid just kind of leisurely goes and kind of gets a little taste and when they pull it away, the kid goes and starts shaking and grabbing for that ice cream cone. You know why? Because he tasted that it was good. That's the way you and I ought to look with God's Word. We ought to have had an encounter with it and when somebody pulled it away, we should start shaking and reaching for it and have a desire. You know why? Because it was good. But what you're trying to overcome to get there is self. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's self. We've got to take the Word of God more serious if we don't want to fall into a place of hopelessness. The way you're going to keep your faith and your hope in God and God alone is by spending time in God's Word and stop depending on somebody else to hand feed it to you. We've got to get serious about it. As Christians, we've got to. We've got to get serious about the Word of God and taking it in. Listen, this is, this is how we live. This is how we grow. We've got to change the way that we look at Scripture. They're going to come up here and sing. And I'm going to encourage you to respond however God has, has uh, moved you to. And I'm going to ask you to do some self-evaluating. And just look at self. And be honest with yourself. And I want you to, to, to think of things that you can do that will change where you are spiritually. I don't care where you're at. If you've been at this for 50 years or, or, or five weeks, I don't care. I want you to try to think of things that you can do to improve your spiritual walk. And listen, here's the list. Prayer and study. So now you've got to figure out how to work those two things into your busy lifestyle because those are necessities for you as a Christian. You've got to have them. So I need you right now to be thinking of ways that you can get more prayer time and more study time fit into your busy schedule.
then I want you to walk out of here this morning serious with a plan to do that. In other words, let it be shown in your conduct. Don't come tell me. Go do it. Just go do it. Y'all stand. Let's sing.